This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Paul felt an obligation to all men, whether they were sophisticated or simple, whether they were a stockbroker in the office or a homeless man on the street, whether they were wise or they were unwise, Paul was a debtor. Verse 15, he says, So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Again, it's not preaching the gospel to lead them to the cross that they're already there. It's to give them doctrine. We can't exclude when it comes to the gospel. Just like Paul did in his day, we are obligated to share the gospel to everyone who will listen. In today's message, we learn from Pastor Eddie that Jesus wanted everyone to have access to him. So whether sophisticated, not sophisticated, homeless or elite, Paul understood the gospel was for all. That is the challenge for believers today, to share the good news to all who will listen. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in part two of his message. edifying of the body of Christ. That's what the gifts are for. It's not for you to glorify, oh, I got this gift. I'm holy. You know, watch this. I'm going to lay hands on people and they're going to fall down. You know, you got power. You know, that's not what it's there for. It's not there for you to glorify yourself, for you to exalt yourself. Those gifts are to edify the church. But here Paul is speaking about strengthening, strengthening them spiritually in the faith of Christ so that he too, he too can be encouraged. Verse 11, for I long to see you that I might impart to you some spiritual gifts so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. So Paul's desire to visit a church in Rome is not merely to give to them, but also to receive. And I find that encouraging. Now, this is humbling because Paul didn't say, well, who can help me? Who can bless me? Who can teach me anything of ministry? Who can teach me the Bible? You see, he's going there. So listen, I I know that you can encourage me. I want to be encouraged by being with you guys. So not only I want to bless you and encourage you and and impart to you spiritual gift, but I know that just by being with you, I too can be encouraged. I too can be encouraged. You know, Paul wanted to be blessed as well. We know that iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. It's important to know who you're hanging out with. It's important to know who you spend most of your time with. Who is your close friend? Whether it could be a relative or it could be someone who's not related to you by, you know, family, by blood. But who is that person that's always close to you? Believe it or not, that person is influencing you. Believe it or not, you are influencing that person. And you need to be careful who you are. The Bible says, how can two walk together that don't agree? The Bible says, what does light have with darkness? So this is important. Paul knows by being with them, listen, I'm going to the church of Rome. Those guys are fire, man. Their testimony is all over, man. I want to go share them what I know, and I know I'm going to be blessed just to be there with them. I'm going to be encouraged. I'm going to be encouraged. 
And Paul, in the body of Christ, we are to encourage one another. Leaders, leaders need to be with the saints. And I, as a pastor, and I could tell you that I totally could relate with Paul because I, too, need to be encouraged. I, too, need to be... You know, as I pray for you, I hope you pray for me. You know, not that I get taller. That's not going to happen. But pray for me that I continue to be faithful to the Lord. Pray for me that I continue to have the gift of teaching. Pray for me that I be able to, to be your pastor, to lead the church and to see God, not man, to do it God's way, do God's will, not mine. You know, I need to be encouraged. And Paul sees that. Paul knows. And I, as a pastor, I know we need to, I love to be around the saints. Me growing up, my kids, we all grew up in church. Uh, what are we doing Labor Day? Uh, we never really looked at our family. We said, what the church is doing? <laughs> What are we doing 4th of July? I don't know. What the church is doing is always what the church is doing. Even when it came to holidays, you know, what are we doing Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year? What the church is doing. It's not that we didn't love our family. It's not that we weren't ministering to our family. But we just felt, you know, you know as much as we want to bless people, we want to be encouraged and blessed as well. And, you know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, he says, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are also doing. So it's for us to encourage one another, comfort one another, and edify one another. You know, the Christian faith is different than that of any other faith in that the whole body of Christ, we give, you know, we give, we get, we share, we receive. That's the way it should be in the church. You give, people give to you. And that's the way it works with God. You know, you may study it, you know, look at it scientifically, psychologically, any other way you want to study it, but God is always faithful, you know. He says, if you give, it will come back to you. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus says, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and runneth over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it would be measured back to you. Isn't that great? You can't outgive God. Give to the Lord. Give to your brother. Give to your sister. Give to the ministry. Give your time. Give, give to the Lord. I remember I came from a church, and they used to sing this song before offering. <laughs> it, was, it was sad, you know. They like, well, yeah, we, we want to sing a song that can encourage people to give, you know. And they start passing the plate, and they start, yeah, give to the Lord. And, oh, let's pass the plate again. And it was sad. But that's not what it's really talking about. It's talking about, yes, the Lord puts in your heart to give. That's fine. But the Lord is ready to give in ministry. Give of your time. Give of your talents, your gift. Many of you have talent and gift, and it's on the shelf. Think of the talent and gift that you've had. I don't know how old many of you are or what's your age, but let's say something you've done in the past. You're no longer doing it. You're no, no longer putting it to practice. Give it to the Lord. Dedicated to the Lord. I know a brother that he was an excellent electrician, very good. He could repair iPods, do run 220 lines, could wire a whole building. And he said, this is my gift. Whenever a church needed something, he volunteered his time after work in the weekends, and he would run wire. This is my gift, and this is what I give to the Lord. I think that's awesome. Whatever it is, give to the Lord. Verse 13, is it now I do not want you to be unaware, he says, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered unto now, that I might have some fruit among you also. See, he wants also fruit, just as among the other Gentiles. So Paul desired to go to Rome, uh, you know, to go to Rome. He took 
care of um, uh, over uh, other churches. He took care of the churches in, in, in Ephesus, in the area of Galatia. You know, he was working, you know, in ministry. Uh, he now goes to, uh, to Jerusalem, thinking he's going to go to Rome right after that, the way he wanted to. It didn't work that way. He ended up to be in prison, and it just delayed his coming there, and that's what happened. Shipwreck, we, we finished Acts and shipwreck, and it wasn't first class, <laughs> but you know what? Been by a snake, shipwreck, you know, you know, the Lord used it. The Lord used it for his glory. The Lord said, yeah, you're going to go to Rome. Remember, remember Paul was there in the, in the prison, and uh, you know, just they had the Antonio Fortress there, and he said, Lord, uh, all I do wanted to do was share your word. He goes to Jerusalem, and now he's in prison, not really arrested, but just in, for protective custody. And the Lord appeared to him and said, said Paul, just like you testify for me in Jerusalem, I'm going to testify for me in Rome. He said, Lord, that's all I wanted to do. But, you know, he's thinking maybe first class, getting there, okay, I'm going to be scot-free. But meanwhile, he has to get bitten by a snake. The people in the village thought he was a god. He shares the gospel. Now the whole village is saved. You know, I say, yeah, you're going to get to Rome, but I need you to make a few stops. There's a, there's a village there that need to hear about my son, Jesus Christ. Never complain about getting bitten by a snake. <laughs> Trust me, never complain about shipwreck. You know, give it all to God. You know, count it all a blessing. You know, count, consider it all joy, saints. That's what Paul says. You never know what God has. If your life is, you surrender your life completely to the Lord, it doesn't matter. I don't care what trials and tribulations I go through. I don't want to go through trials and tribulations, but I really don't care. Whatever happens, happens. I get sick, I die. <laughs> I always say, don't pray for me to get better. I want to go to heaven. But whatever happens to me, I don't care. My, I surrender my life. He does what he wants. You know when I'm going to relax and enjoy myself when I'm in his presence? Because there's nothing here on earth that's going to satisfy me. So I surrender my life completely to the Lord. Anyway, however the Lord takes us, it, it takes you or that route. Uh, so it was, it was hindered. Uh, Paul wanted to visit a church in Rome uh, to be fruitful, and it was fruitful to the other Gentile nations. Verse 14, he says, I am a debtor both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. He said, I'm a debtor. It's not like he owes anybody anything. He put himself in that situation. He says, I owe to the Gentiles the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's awesome. Nobody wants to be in debt. Nobody likes the word debt, you know? We do not like the word debt, especially when we're going over our finances, right? We don't like the word debt. It's it's like a curse word. But Paul uses that word for the Gentiles. I am a debtor to them. I owe them the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why I say you owe nobody nothing in this world. I owe nobody nothing in this world. I owe nobody nothing but the love of Jesus. And that's what Paul is saying here. But he's saying his ministry was for non-Jews, for Greeks, for Gentiles. In Romans chapter 11, verse 13, Paul says, For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry. So he's an apostle of the Gentiles. We saw in the beginning of his ministry, right? Three days after he was blind for three days in the road to Damascus when he met the Lord. Three days. On the third day, what happened? What did he do? After he gained his sight and had a, a, a you know some matzo ball soup, and he went, he went. Where did he go? He went to the synagogue. He went to the Jew first, and he started sharing the gospel. 
So whether they're Greeks or barbarians, wise or unwise. Now, Greeks, we look at barbarians, and as time changed, the definition of meaning of barbarians has changed to say it's someone who's a, a savage in a way. But the actual meaning and definition from barbarians came from the Greeks. When the Greeks uh, saw someone speaking a foreign language, they would say bra, that, that person is a bra-bra or bra-bra-bra-bra. You know, it's just like sounds gibberish to them. So they tried to pronounce it and it became barbarians. And not to say that they're savages, but just to say that they are foreigners. And that's what Paul is saying. Paul felt an obligation to all men whether they were sophisticated or simple, whether they were a stockbroker in the office or a homeless man on the street, whether they were wise or they were unwise, Paul was a debtor. Verse 15, he says, So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Again, it's not preaching the gospel to lead them to the cross if they're already there. It's to give them doctrine, theology. It's to give them... In- Biblical interpretation, that is why we're here. Many of you are saved, and we're studying the gospel. Why do you study the gospel? To know about the Lord, to know the word, right? You're ready. The gospel led you to the cross, but you still need to study it. You still need to study it and show that self-approved before God. Now, the next two verses, verses 16 and 17, gives us the theme the very heart of Paul's letter to the believers in Rome. Chapter 16 and 17 is the heart of the book of Romans. Let us look at verse 16. He says, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it, The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, if you students, you may want to put this in bracket in your Bible. You put notes in your Bible, put this in bracket. Say, this is the theme. This is the heart of the book of Romans. Paul begins by saying, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And now, uh, I myself has misused this verse, and, and uh, many people have misused this verse as saying that I'm ashamed to be a Christian, or I'm ashamed to tell people that I'm a Christian. That is not what Paul is saying here. Now, just a little background so you can understand why he says he's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A little background. Remember, Paul is writing to Gentile Roman Christians. Paul was known, I mean, Rome was known throughout the world as a proud city. Rome was known for its power, its structure, its education, its philosophies. Rome had no appreciation, no appreciation for Jews or Christians. To add to that list of things, they despise anyone who was crucified on the cross. They don't like Jews. They don't like Christians. They look down upon those on the cross. How some people, and hopefully not, we label everyone that's in prison right now as low class or problem people or criminals. We need to love them. And we should never stereotype all of them. We know some are in there for, for and they, they're, they're you know, paying the, the crime. They're paying for their crime, but not all. But here in Rome, in ancient Rome, crucifixion was the lowest form of execution given to a criminal. 
a man that was on the cross was considered accursed. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Paul writes to the church in Galatia, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is, curse is anyone who hangs on a tree. Deuteronomy, you'll read that. Amazing how in Psalms 22, it gives you uh, the prophecy of crucifixion. Where David said, they pierced my hands, they pierced my feet. Talking about thousands of years before the Romans even perfected the art of crucifixion. But here Paul is including this. He's saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Knowing that the Romans looked down upon the Jews and the Gentiles. Uh, the, Christians, the Christian church, the people of the way. And to include that, to add to that, one who is accursed on the cross. So like today, it's much like Rome. The cross to the world is considered foolishness. It's also a stumbling block. Paul writes to the church of Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You look at the cross differently than that of the world. It doesn't make sense to them. It didn't make sense to the people in Rome either. It never makes sense to man, regardless of culture, age, and time. One who's on the cross, how can that be a savior? How can that be God hanging on the cross? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 22 to 24, he said, For the Jews request a sign, and the Greeks seeks after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. You see, the Jews think differently from Gentiles. The Jews, they, they, they look at patterns. Even when it comes to prophecy, they look at patterns. They look at moons. They look at all kinds of things, seven days, whatever it is. Greeks, Gentiles, we look at prophecy spoken, prophecy fulfilled. So that's the two minds. The two minds always been different based in Scripture. When it came to the cross, it became a stumbling block for them, for the Jews, and it became foolishness to the Gentile mind. And so Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why does he say he's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ to Roman citizens, Christian Roman citizens? It's because having a Jewish Poor carpenter crucifying the cross as a savior was humorous and was ridiculous for the Romans. Not only is he a Jew, but he's also on the cross. That is your God? And that was Paul saying, you put your faith on a Jew hanged on the cross. That was foolishness to the Romans. And so what Paul is saying, this is what he's saying. And this is what we say today. You may not have the actual words, but it's in your heart. This is what you believe. When Paul is saying, I am not ashamed in the way God has chosen to save the sins of the world. I am not ashamed that my Savior, my God, was crucified on the cross. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's the heart of the gospel? Christ crucified. Christ risen from the grave. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is what Paul is saying. Now, here's a warning. For those of us 
I'm not talking about those who are ashamed to be a Christian. That's less like another category in itself. But those that are ashamed to call God, to call Jesus their Lord and Savior, who's hung on the cross, Jesus has a word for those who are ashamed of him. Jesus says in Mark chapter 8, verse 38, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes into glory of his, fa- his Father with the holy angels. I'm, you know, the, I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm not here to give you a nice little 15, 10 points on how to be a better you. This is scripture. This is scripture. You're ashamed of Jesus Christ and who you hang out with in your world, in your neighborhood, in, where you work, where you go to school, in your family. This is what Jesus has to say. Don't, don't, don't let it get to that point. But I'm not ashamed. I am so overwhelmed. I'm excited. And I join in with Paul and say, I, have, I am not ashamed of how my Lord and Savior chose to die for me. Because you know why? Little do they know that I belong on that cross. Little do they know that he loved me so much that he took my place. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cross has always and will always be foolishness and a stumbling block to the world. And so this is why Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jews first and also the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation. Paul inserts something else here. See, this is, you think, you know, you might think Paul is a genius. Paul is just filled with the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, thinking that, okay, Romans look at one as hung on the cross, foolishness. But here's the other thing. He includes power. Now, when you mention the word power, you know, all the Romans will be foaming at the mouth. They love power. They love power. The word power here in the Greek is dunamis, where we get the word dynamic or dynamite. One time I said, like, JJ, dynamite. I, people were asking me, who's JJ? I said, well, you just told me your age. Dynamite, you know, you told me your age. So that's what dunamis means, dynamite. And that's the power. Now, the Romans were so into power. They were obsessed with power. They lived and thrived for it. They loved power. They, had the, they loved the power to conquer and rule the world. Rome worshipped power. Paul had a power of his own. Even when he persecuted the church. Rome had a worldly power. Paul, when he was Saul, he had a religious power. However, in all the power of Rome that could boast, all the power in the world they could have, the one power they do not have is to save their life and their soul and to have eternal eternal life. That's the one power they do not have. They don't have the dudamis. All the power in the world they have, they love to exercise it. But there's one power they do not have, and that is the power to salvation. It only comes through Jesus Christ. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been walking through the book of Romans with us, teaching us the truth and values found in its pages. As we continue to learn along with the recipients of Paul's letter, we'll find that the gospel message is present and practical for everyday life. 
If you've been touched by today's teaching and would like to listen again, you can find it on runningtheraceradio.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to the Running the Race podcast. When you do, you'll have access to the latest teachings as soon as they're made available. You can also connect with us on social media. Like our Facebook page to join the conversation and add some encouragement to your newsfeed. Before our time with you today comes to an end, we'd like to take a moment and tell you how you can partner with us here at Running the Race. With more, here's Tracy. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that running the race is missionary work? It is. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Running the Race. Go to runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Give option in the main menu. Thanks, Tracy. That website one more time is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks again for joining us today. Join us again for another insightful edition of Running the Race.